intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. She bobbles it and now has to try and recover. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? Steps into it. Pass is Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of The Master Plan. Very exciting day for two reasons. The first being that it's the 10th episode. And the second being that we are doing a podcast episode on Roger Federer, something that I've wanted to do since before I started this channel. And another thing is we have a tennis player, not me, another tennis player joining us today. The part of the 2019 Western Wildcats Division Three Championship team, Benny Gilligan is here with us today. I'm very glad to be here, Michael. And um, you know, he is one of the best tennis players I know. And we're sitting here during you know the coronavirus episode, and you know we're kind of sad that we're not able to play and not able to see Roger Federer play. But I felt that this would be a good way to kind of bring tennis back into our lives. So, with that being said, um, before we start, you know, the whole thing, you know, my favorite tennis player in is right now is Roger Federer. I don't know about Benny's, but mine is, and I, and I have a lot of friends who love Roger Federer, and some people like Novak, and some people like Nadal, but we'll be going, you know, in-depth today about, A, why he's my favorite, and why I think he's the best of all time. And Benny, if you want to say anything before I before I start, feel free. I'm good. I think my favorite player currently is the the Canadian Denis Shapovalov. Just because oh. of the way he plays, he's so free in his he strokes is, he and is. kills the ball. He does. So big freaking lefty. Except for that I think time, he, he could be. Yeah. Oops, sorry. No, no, you're good. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, he beat the doll mm-hmm. at the Rogers uh, Cup. That's right. Yeah. Or something, which is incredible. Yeah. And then one of his next matches at that same tournament, I saw, I think in the semifinals against uh, Alexander Zverev. And he lost in straight sets. It was still an incredible. But he match. was younger back then. So he's grown. Quite yeah. A bit. He's gotten better. Yeah. And recently, last year, um, late 2019, he played Djokovic in the finals of, the Par- mm-hmm. of uh, Paris, which yep. is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So he's taking steps in the right direction. Yeah, uh, used me as one of his personal coaches now. Yeah, he's a great Russian player. Yeah, he. Yeah. So, yeah, he's sure. a bright future. Yeah, top fifteen in the world, just twenty years old. I like the guy. Yeah, I, I have his signature. I saw. I saw him at the U.S. Open. So, yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely mm. one of the rising stars in tennis. But yeah, I hope he's like the next, uh, you know, Federer. Yeah, hopefully. Got a big one hander. I don't know if he'll be able to achieve that because I don't know. I think. So in front of me, I have a board, and I and I have this, I have a board, and that's where I do my episodes, which is where I write everything. And so I'm going to go through Federer's biggest achievements, and there are tons. Like there are, t- I, you Wikipedia this, there is lists and lists of stands alone, or he's only with John McEnroe, or Beyond Borg, or Novak, or Nadal. Um, here we go. Federer ranks. So Federer has 20 Grand Slam titles, which is good for first all-time. He has 31 Grand Slam finals, which is also the most all-time. He has 10 and 8 consecutive finals appearances, which is first and second all-time. He is one of four players to win on all surfaces a Grand Slam. He has 8 Wimbledon titles, which is first all-time. He is the only male to win at least 6 
Grand Slams on two different surfaces, which is the Wimbledon and the Australian Open. He spent 310 weeks as the ATP world number one, which is also the most all-time. He has five consecutive U.S. Open wins, 71 hardcore titles, which is good for first all-time, seven Cincinnati 1000 Masters, which is good for first all-time, and has the longest grass court winning streak with 65 wins in a row. And those are just the big ones. Like, though. And, and that's incredibly impressive for one person to have all those achievements in one sport. To me, when I – so I love Federer and I love to watch him. I didn't know all of this. I knew he had the most grand slams and the most appearances. But he wins the smaller tournaments too like a lot of the time. And he won, you know, he wins them consistently too. And, you know, he's just been consistent throughout his career. And looking at that, that is incredible. The fact that he spent 310 weeks as the ATP world number one is ridiculous. That is, you have to be playing at such a high level for such a long time to do that. It, it's incredible. Uh, so, Benny, after all of those, <laughs> has your has your appearance or your your thinking of Federer changed a little bit? Well, I've always thought of him as some really insane player. I- He's definitely one of the greatest sportsmen mm-hmm. of all time. I used to think he's the greatest of all time. I've been um, influenced by some others to think that maybe someone like Djokovic or all is right. more deserving that title. It's, it's very, very close. It's very, very close between the three. And and especially in tennis in the past, at least the past like five years, in the past 10 years, it's been really awesome to see the three of them competing, like tournament after tournament after tournament. Because, so I wish we could have seen yeah. like a prime fetter versus mm-hmm. Prime Nadal and Djokovic. Right, because you know? they all kind of hit their five primes. Years older. Yeah, it's they tough. all they all hit their primes at different times. For sure. And Federer is obviously a little bit older than the rest of them. So he's And some a, say that's an, that's an advantage for Federer because he didn't have to face these guys when he was in his twenties. And that's when he won the vast majority of his Grand Slams. Mm-hmm. He's true. only run he, he won sixteen of his twenty Grand Slams before two thousand ten. Right. No, that's true. So, that's definitely mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely an argument. Um but you know he performed. You know he's performed really well. But I yeah, think yeah. I think his age is part of. Uh, I was wrong with the statue. I think it's actually it's, it's more like fifteen out of twenty. Yeah, I think I think part of the problem for Federer right now, at least winning big tournaments against Federer and Nadal, is that for him to go, get to the finals of a Grand Slam, he has to win all those matches, and it you know it, the toll adds up. And, and playing, beating a guy like right. Nadal, who just moves you around the court all day. Mm-hmm. Nadal personally is is he's hitting lefty forehands insanely like mm-hmm. high and heavy balls to your you know I right. think his one and back one and one and backhand mm-hmm. is considered his weakness right for sure um, especially on clay where yeah. the ball jumps up and you're, a, a those are more. twenty ball rallies which is right. really tough to do. and you know that takes it definitely takes a toll on Federer I mean we've seen him you know skip the clay court season entirely uh, in in recent recent years but generally speaking you know. His his performance on the court has always been at such a high level, but that's not why people like really like Federer. Because and that's why I, I yeah I, I yeah. love him because of what he does um off the court as well. Right. So one of the interesting things is that Federer has won thirteen sportsmanship awards, and to put that in perspective, he's only been, he's been playing for like what how long like twenty years somewhere somewhere around that I think. He turned pro. Um, 1998. So right. So 22 years, years uh, at this point. So out of those 22 years, 
13 of them, he's won the Sportsmanship Award, which is That's insane. Which is insane. And you have to especially consider those first two years, first couple of years he was in the, in, you know, when he turned pro, he wasn't one of the big, you know, stars. So he was six when he turned pro, so yeah. Right. So those 13 Sportsmanship Awards, it's incredible, you know, for the amount of time that he's played, which comparatively isn't that long. I mean, he's won the Sportsmanship Award, I think, consecutive. I think he won it from like 2004 to 2009. Like he wins it almost every single year. Um He's won it so many times. And that's why people, I think, are so attracted to him. Because he embodies what tennis is. Like, the way he composes himself on the court makes people, like, want to play like him. You know, the way he conducts himself, it, it's it's top tier, for sure. Yeah, um, I agree. And, you know, I think, you know, what he's done... I think he's definitely inspired a whole generation of tennis players because, you know, if you were, you know, born in the early 2000s or mid 2000s and you grew up playing tennis, people who you're watching, mostly Federer and Nadal. Um, for the va vast majority, though, it was Federer, you know, winning tournaments and he would always be on, you know, center court at wherever at the French Open or at, you know, uh, playing on Arthur Ashe at the U.S. Open or wherever it was, he's always, you know, at the center. So you're always watching him. Um, and to be able to see him play, you know, on TV and in person are two different things, but both are equally, uh, you know, incredible. Mm. Um, one match that was, you know, especially incredible. What, do you remember when he played Kevin? Was it Kevin Anderson? Who who was it? That crazy long match. Oh, it was Djokovic last year at Wimbledon, right? Or at the, oh, Of course, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the most incredible matches I have seen ever. They should have won that match. <laughs> and 40 of Teen I year serve. Yeah. Supposedly the biggest serve of all time. But, Come on, 8-7. But that match was absolutely incredible. That was one of the most, like, that was one of the most enjoyable matches that I've ever watched. And that, for me, like, people who don't watch tennis or don't play tennis normally, they see that match and they're like, wow, that's incredible. And I think people, you know, don't take that into account that, you know, it's really tough to be a tennis player, especially, you know, the way that, you know, the best players have to play. They, you know. Yeah, and I feel like there are two different types of tennis. There's country club tennis, <laughs> and then there's actual tennis. Right. I think most people view tennis, like, the thing of tennis is just being a sport for old people and just privileged white, you know, <laughs> whoever all exactly. around we just want to have fun and get right. a racket and just, you know hit the ball, and mm -hmm. th that is the case for a lot of tennis players. And these people play tennis at a very low level. Mm -hmm. But if you really start to get better and better, you'll realize how freaking deep this sport is and right. how tough it is to. I mean, you, know. you look at Federer, right? I mean, he's playing. You know, if you if you if you play in a major open, right? You're play mm -hmm. you play one day, then you rest, then you play again. And it keeps going like that until the finals. So you're playing, you know, half of the days in the week. And, you know, five-set matches can last, you know, at least four hours, you know. And if you're playing yeah. in, you know, Australia, you're playing in 100-degree heat. That takes a toll, you know. And you're traveling all around the world constantly, going from Australia to China to play the Shanghai Open to play, you know, to going to France to play – uh, uh, the Roland Garros, the French Open, or you're going to Germany to play Munich or 
you know, you're going to play, you know, Indian Wells in the United States. You're going to play wherever, you know, all over the place. There's a lot of traveling and people, you know, and there's a lot of work that's being put in because when they're not playing, they're practicing, right? I mean, that's one of the most enjoyable things to do at the U.S. Open is to go to the practice courts and to see how hard they actually work. And Federer works extremely hard. That's one of the reasons why he's so good, especially at his age. He has to work so hard just to be able to be at the point where he's at, you know, especially with the one-handed backhand. He's got to do a lot more for the same result, I think. Yeah, and so, uh, of course, with his age, he's lost some ability to move. He used mm-hmm. to be the most athletic player on tour. Mm-hmm. Now, far from it, just he's serious sure, sure age. Exactly. Um, so it's really tough to be in those like big rallies with guys like Djokovic and Nadal mm-hmm. in big matches. Mm-hmm. So one thing he does these days is he really focuses on hitting the ball on the rise. So right. you can just stand the baseline all day rather than you know going 10 feet behind the baseline and right. trying to rally, which you can't do anymore. You can't, no, he, just, he simply can't do it. He's always attacking. So. He has to be attacking. And his volleys, by the way, are, I, think, bit, I think, greatest of all time. I think may, maybe the greatest of all time. Easily, though, the greatest on tour today. And, oh, easily. You know, you don't see them as often as you used to, you know, back in the 70s and 80s when... Yeah, but you, you do see him serve volley a lot. Right, so, you see, you like, see Federer bring it back match, to the game. Remember yeah. last year, French Open and quarterfinals, him versus Travrinka. It was a force and that's a pretty good match. At the end, every point, you would just serve and volley. Mm-hmm. On the ad side, for instance, you did a spin serve out wide in the approach to the net and... And that's Your because, and that's because so. you know, no one you know has the volleys that Federer does. No one even has the volleys close to the volleys that Federer does today. You know, like yeah, it's unless, just you're, no, unless you're a double specialist, unless there you're a double <laughs> double specialist who are succeeding the singles tour as well. Right. You know, it's 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 you don't see it that often in sing in the singles game anymore, um, except for Federer, who you know, uh, maybe Jack Sock, maybe Jack Sock, maybe maybe, but. You know, Federer's volleys are at such a high level, and it's it's incredible to see, you know, year after year, there's the constant, and you know his volleys are that way. And people look at his volley technique as they look at his forehand and his serve, and they're yeah. like, I want to have my volleys exactly like that. I want to do the exact same form. And you can, because it the way he does it, it it's so effortless. The way he does everything, like his, his one-handed backhand is just, it's, I think it's the prettiest shot on tour. His one-handed backhand of all of them, you know, it's incredible. It it really is. I encourage you know anyone. I might link it. I'll link it in the description below. Federer's one-handed backhand, but it, it's really special. Um, I'm more a fan of the Ravrika one-hander. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Federer's backhand's good. It's, uh, it's it. I think it just it's looks better good. past couple of years. Yeah, but. It's never been that much of a weapon for him. His forehand is see. I don't think it's a weapon. Grid. I just like to watch. I think it's. I think it's super. Like super. You know. Well. Yeah, well I love watching his serve. I've seen oh, his serve. serve. You know. The thing Being about how however tall he is, six one, right? So, yeah. He's not a super and to tall have guy. One of the greatest serves of all time. That's difficult to do. Because he can place the serve anywhere he wants, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, but nothing about the velocity on his serves is. Is like extraordinary. He, his velocity, 110, 115, and occasional 120, that's normal that's for most average. guys. In tour. That's average, yeah. His placement is immaculate. Yeah, like the way he places the ball on his serve 
you know, he can put the ball where he wants, simply put. Like, whatever he wants to do with the serve, he can do. It, it, yeah, that really came to play. Semifinals of Wimbledon against uh, Nadal this past year, which is a great match for Center, I think. Yeah, and by and the then way. obviously the, the, yeah. the great finals against Djokovic that went five sets. Was it 15 13 or something? Well, whatever 13, it was, 12, I know right? they had to change the rule after that match. So they changed the rule at Wimbledon to not allow that to happen again. I wish they didn't, but, you know. Um, but, you know, his serve, everything about his game is just at a higher level. And the one thing that Federer brings is, like, he brings a certain amount of class to the to tennis. You know, I think he really started, um, because especially after the, the McEnroe-Connors era, where it was, like, completely the opposite <laughs> i would say completely the opposite is like a light way a generous way of putting it um but he brought something back to the sport that we hadn't seen in a or hadn't been able to see in a long time um which was you know a great sportsmanship and you know you see him on the court and the way he just the way he walks the way he conducts interviews the way he you know, after a match, the way he'll go into a press conference and whatever he'll say, it will always be, you know. Yeah, and this is, this that is way. a quick interjection, but uh, like you talk about the rule being changed, they didn't mm-hmm. change the rule. That was the first year where the rule was introduced. Oh, so okay. The okay. final set tiebreaker. Oh, but, that, yeah, okay. I, the, okay, I got to make class thing, I think what Federer's class is what separates him from. I don't know about Nadal. Nadal has incredible Nadal classes. Nadal has well. incredible classes. It's not like Djokovic, for instance, who has a history of. I don't know. I've never really liked Djokovic as a person. History of being a little hothead, yeah. Yeah, he's sort of like. Whenever he is being classy, it seems forced and stuff. Like, right. I don't know. But I think, I think Federer really started that, like, that trend. And now, and nowadays, like, most players, if not all, conduct their interviews in the same way. You know, they do the same ah, thing. Yeah, you Kyrgios, know, yeah, gets a little bit. Yeah, Kyrgios gets a little bit carried away. Um, but the vast majority, you know, do do that. And I think that is one of the legacies of, of you know, Federer that isn't part of the, the actual game of tennis, but it is part of the sport of tennis. And it still is an integral part of the sport. Yeah, right, yeah. Of really any sport. Yeah. And, you know, going back to his, you know, he's. I think, I think we can both agree he is definitely the greatest grass court player of all time um for sure which yeah, yeah. you know I, it's it's i you know it's difficult to judge. actually i don't know if i'd agree with that he's was it maybe i'm very dumb but bjorn bjorn retired when he was like 26 right yeah but he retired then he came out of retirement then he went back you know it's difficult it's difficult to compare like generation generational talents um, but in my opinion, what Federer's been yeah, able to do. York retired when he was 27, and he had mm-hmm. already won yeah. um, five Wimbledon championships. So he's just entering his prime. That's so true. I, I, like, I, yeah, he probably is the greatest player of all time on grass, but we never got to see what Bjork could do. That's true. He, he burnt out. That's true. But, I, you know, I do think, you know, being the, you know, on grass, it's a very different game than hard and clay. It's probably – got the biggest difference because you know i've played on grass once before and it is just totally different the whole game yeah, i played i played a couple of times the whole game is just different like the way you have uh-huh. to play like you can't play the same way that you do on hard and clay hard and clay you know they're a little bit different you know 
clay, the ball bounces a little bit higher. More I think they're very different, but I think the difference between grass and the other card, two, for instance, is, is, is far greater. Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely, you know, a niche part of the sport because, you know, each year there aren't that many grass court tournaments. There's Wimbledon and then there's a couple before that. Um, but generally speaking, there's only, you know, around Wimbledon, the grass tournaments. Um, so, you know, I think I think he's what he's been able to do on grass is, you know, really special because we really haven't been able to see that um, ever, kind of. <laughs> um, what's interesting, too, is um, how, do, how do people like Nadal and Djokovic, who are theoretically counterpunchers, mm-hmm. do well so well on the surface like grass that theoretically should prohibit any rallies longer than 10 shots you know yeah rally is supposed to be a, it's a, a good surface for, for, for big servers serving serving the volleying stuff like that you know I think, I think it's also because they're like so good and their mental game is so strong you know between Federer and they've had to adjust big time though on grass you yeah. can't like nadal um can't play that style where he just like goes 20 feet on the baseline and mm-hmm. just is hitting high in every ball so he has to he used to attack more. He has to attack and more. And the past couple years, we've seen him come to the net more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think he's definitely trying to implement that into his game um, because he sees what Federer has been able to do in grass. He's like, well, you know, I, I can do that or at least pretty close to that. So, not, you know, that's why, I, you know, he's been having more success. Yeah, he has a machine. He tries to do whatever he can. Absolute machine. Um, so – you know, a couple questions uh, for you, Benny. What you know, obviously, I think Federer will retire in the near future. But when specifically, like a year, or when do you think he will end up retiring? Um, I have no idea, but he's still performing at a very high level at the age of thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. All right, so didn't he get a semis of Australian Australian Open this year? Yeah, especially after those. So he played what two five setters back to back or something crazy. No, nah, he played a five setter against Tennis Sanger in the quarterfinals. That's right. Yeah, which isn't a great look because Tennis Sanger isn't a great player. Mm-hmm. He's good, but for but for, for Federer, Federer it's, it's should, yeah. be, should be a suicide match there. Mm-hmm. And he also beat Milman, the Australian player. That's also right. pretty good, but not but not the same level. Better should be. You, you want a five setter? I think it's the third round. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, but to, to be like number four in the world at the age of 38, right? So <laughs> it's pretty I mean, difficult to do that, insanely difficult, yeah. And but like the fact that you're number four indicates that the end isn't very, very far for you, just because, like, in terms of losing some athleticism, which mm-hmm. is inevitable with a, with, a, with, age. with AIDS, yeah, he's been able to counter that, yeah, because he just. Yeah, you know, just by in, changing strategy and, you know. Well, he's, he's an incredibly smart player, you know. He, yeah. And so he's able to work around problems and, you know, something like athleticism. He's able to work around that by changing his game. Like, remember a couple years ago we saw him, you know, take the serves on the rise. Do you remember that? The saver? The saver. Like, yeah. that's just, like, ingenious to think about, like, to think of that. And. You know, mm. I think, I'm sure people have thought about it, but never actually, you know, tried it. Yeah, to, to think about it's one thing, but actually it's another. Exactly. Especially um, as tour-level players, top mm-hmm. 50 in the world. Yeah. Jeez, top 10 even. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think I'll give him probably around, around six or seven I, I years. think the end will come whenever he wants it to. Yeah. So he can play as long as he wants to. I think if he, he can play as long as he wants. I think he'll retire within the next seven years. 
I mean, I know that's yeah, seven. A, seven's a little bit high. Seven's but, seven's a while. Um, you know, that gives them what? That gives them till forty-five. Five. Yeah. Probably retire around forty-two, maybe forty-three. He can go into his forties though. But he can go into his forties if 40s, he wants to, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, well into his forties and keep playing. So, um, now the other question is if he'll get another Grand Slam final win. It's difficult to say, uh, with the way that Nadal and Djokovic and team and you know, all these other guys have been playing. Medvedev, I love Medvedev. Yeah, Medvedev, too. You know, it's difficult to say whether Federer will get another Grand Slam final win. Um, in yeah, my I, opinion, I don't know if he can. Just I, because, like, I think Wimbledon this last year was one of his last chances. Just right. think about it. On, like, hardcore, he's not going to beat someone like Djokovic or, no. or Medvedev. Djokovic is just too good at, at the U.S. Open. He can get far sure. in those tournaments, but he, he, can't, he can't beat those guys. Right, he'll, he'll need to then, get... Play obviously is a given. Yeah, he's not going to do anything. Yeah, you know, grass is the only place where he really has a chance, mm -hmm. and it's getting tougher and tougher. Yeah, so true. I think he definitely has a chance, but I, I I really, I think twenty might be the cap for him. Unfortunately, yeah, I think this year's Wimbledon's one of his last chances to win. Right, last year's Wimbledon was a great, great opportunity. Great opportunity for him to win, and you know he kind of sort of blew it. Yeah, he choked, choked, blew it. You know. Whatever you want to say. But he is human. That, that was an incredible reminder of all the juniors out there. Right. Who get nervous in big moments. The fact that this dude, Who's what, the, he, he double faulted yeah. match point, and then he's you know sort of played very, very tight on the next couple of He played of very timidly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. um, You know, in my opinion, I do think he'll probably get one more finals win, and he'll probably come at Wimbledon. Um, And I think that's just, you know, obviously – if he plays a couple more years, he, he is probably going to get lucky. You know, one draw, you know, one of the better players will lose and he'll be able to have a, you know, quick and easy match. And That's what he needs. That's I, what he I, needs. I don't know if that will happen. I, I don't think he's going to that grand slam. So, but if he does, it'll, because, it'll be because, like, a, I mean, a good year at Wimbledon. Right. He'll need, he'll need a good draw uh, at Wimbledon. And he'll, 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 he'll he And it might be this year, too. It might be this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows, who knows what will happen this year with Wimbledon? Um, mm. With this whole coronavirus thing. Um, oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, Federer is one of the most fun players to watch, too, just because of the, you know, how he plays. He's not, he doesn't sit back. He doesn't like rally. He, you know, he attacks the ball. I actually like watching rallyers. I, I, I like watching Djokovic. And it, you I know, can admire that. It's not, it's not not fun to watch rallyers, but it is, it, you know, it's definitely. Oh, I, I agree, though. Federer is the most, Federer and Kyrgios are my two favorite players. Right. To watch it's fun before. to watch highlight clips of Federer, you know, I mean, his tweener skills, I know it's a, a small <laughs> part, but how he's able to hit the tweener, it's incredible. Like, yeah, the, the guy has insane That he can do, that he can have placement on a shot like that. Like, how do you even, how do you even, like, have placement on a shot like that? How do you that? train that? You know, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I have, I have no idea. I just, I think he's the best ever. I think he's the greatest of all time uh, in tennis. I would not be surprised, though. Bring up another mm -hmm. argument mm -hmm. that um, if um, like Djokovic or Nadal is actually very close, Nadal's at eighteen right. Grand Slams. I would not be surprised if they surpassed him. No, I, Nadal, think they, I think honest. they will. Nadal, Nadal's getting the French this year. Mm -hmm. Oh, they be canceled too. But yeah. Nadal's going to have French at some point in the future. Um, and then he has a chance in almost every other Grand Slam. So yeah. I would not be surprised at all. If no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Federer. Though, so, like, if yeah, he if did, if he were to suppress um, Federer, 
I don't necessarily know if that would make him the, the goat though, just because he's won more than fifty percent of his slams At on clay. Now I'll tell you this: I will concede that Nadal is the best clay court player of all time. That's, oh, by far! But that's, that's indisputable, and it's, yeah. been, it's been the case for a long time. <laughs> it's been the yeah. case since he entered entered the ATP tour. Um, but you need know, to win some first to get I think the but reason yeah. why so many people like Federer's won like the the Fans Choice Award like sixteen times. Like, like he is like the vast majority of people's favorite player, and the reason mm. why is because. He's able to combine his off the court and on the court like really nicely. Like what he does on the court, like winning, and and then how he conducts himself, and then what he does off the court. Um, you know, he has his foundation, obviously, but you know, incredibly, incredibly inspiring for so many people, especially especially me. You know, watching Federer, and you're like, I want to go out there and I want to go and do that because, you know, if he can. And he he's he's so good. You know, I just want to be able to take some of what he does and do it my way. So yeah, what's interesting about the goat argument though is someone like Novak has winning records uh, against both Fed and Nadal. and Nadal. Yeah, it's crazy. So, and Nadal has and he has a higher winning he's a high, like a higher winning percentage period than Federer. He has right. a winning percentage of eighty three percent, having won nine eleven matches, losing one eighty seven. Mm-hmm. Federer has a winning percentage of like eighty two point eight percent. I think. Yeah. You know, and I think I think after these three retire, there will be arguments forever about who is better between the three of them, because they all no, have better things, has a winning percentage of eighty-two point one percent. You know, they all have things over each other, right? Grand slams or winning percentage or Djokovic has masters, I believe. Yeah, like it's you know whatever it is, it's 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 crazy. So, Benny, I want to thank you. Still has a couple of years to to prove that. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. some Grand Slams. Yeah, there's still a couple more years left, so we'll see what And happens. there are two uh, hardcore Grand Slams every mm-hmm. year, so. Yeah. All right. Well, Benny, I want to thank you for coming on, and you're welcome to come back on anytime to discuss anything, really, whatever you want to do. Um, and now to the listeners. Uh, this is the 10th episode, so, you know, crazy, right? Um, more episodes coming out soon. I'm trying to put more and more out, uh, you know, with this whole coronavirus thing. Uh, Thank you all for listening to another episode of The Master Plan, and I'll see you in the next one.